Ever tried to figure out how much belongs to you and how much belongs to God? Pastor Ray Bentley helps. Everything you have, everything that you own, whether it is property, whether it's a car, whether it is your finances, whether it's your education, everything we own comes from God. And everything then that we have really belongs to God. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. God often allows blessings to come into our lives and watches what we do with them. Are we so overjoyed at the blessing that we overlook the blesser? Do we share the blessing so others know about the one from whom all blessings flow? Today, Pastor Ray brings helpful insight on being good stewards of what God gives us. Well, let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. But we are now come to the place where Jesus is making his way back to Jerusalem for the final time, for the Last Supper, for the great Passover feast. And he is on his way back to the holy city of Jerusalem. And uh, it's a very interesting story. Jesus tells a parable tonight in which he talks about, I, I could have called this message the return of the king. The return of the king to his kingdom, to his throne, to the center of gravity, and that really is the city of Jerusalem. You know, Jerusalem is the center of the earth. Um, Israel is described in um, the prophet Ezekiel. Israel, God placed in the midst or the middle of the nations. Okay, after this story of Zacchaeus, a great story of a wee little man, a wee little man was he. They climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. And now we pick up in verse 12. Jesus now begins telling a parable. And by the way, Jericho is about 17 miles away from Jerusalem. It's kind of the last major stop on your way to Jerusalem. And this is after the three, three and a half year ministry of our Lord as he is now making his way back. So beginning in verse 11, it says, now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. So they had a hope and an expectation, and in particular the disciples, they were thinking, wow, Jesus is gonna get to Jerusalem and the kingdom will appear in that way. Well, as we're gonna see in a moment, the king was returning to Jerusalem, but there would be a little different outcome. There was actually, Jesus was coming to deliver judgment and the kingdom uh, would only be able to come internally into the hearts of those who would receive him as savior and as Lord. So Jesus now wants to explain to the disciples what's going on. We read in verse 12, therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minas. I'm reading from the New King James. King James has talents, 10 talents, probably what you're familiar with. But literally it is 10 minas and said to them, 
do business till I come. I love what uh, the King James, how it describes it. Jesus said, occupy till I come. What does it mean to occupy until Jesus returns? It means to be about the Father's business, which Jesus always was about his Father's business. So the king has gone into a far country. He says, in the meantime, I want my servants to be about uh, the Father's business. In verse uh, 14, it says, but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. All right, let's hold there for just a moment. Jesus talks about the kingdom. Here's what the kingdom of heaven will be like. The king goes to a far country. In the meantime, he gives uh, 10 talents or 10 minas to his servants. He says, I want you to do business on my behalf. They are the master or the king's talents. He gives it to his servants. He says, take this, invest it for my kingdom, for my property, for my interests. And I'm coming back at a future date. And when I come back, I'm gonna have an accounting. And I want you to be able to give to me what you have done with the investment that I have made with you. So in this parable, Jesus is explaining this is kind of how the kingdom will be. But in a sense, Jesus is, for that generation, the returning king. And I want you to think about it in this way. Because Jesus, when he finally comes to Jerusalem, is like the king or the master who has been on a long journey. Now, when was the time that the king was with them? When did Israel have the Lord as their king? Do you remember how in the Old Testament the people said, oh, we wanna be like all the other nations. We want a king just like everybody else. They wanted a man, an earthly man that they could point to. What they really wanted was a physical representative of the government so they could complain. Because what they had before that was they had God. They had, remember, uh, they didn't have any earthly king, they had the Lord God physically, visibly manifest to them in a cloud of glory by day and a pillar of fire by night. Uh, they, They saw the visible presence of the Lord. How many of you would love to see that? the glory of the Lord. Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And they had that. And they rejected that because they wanted an earthly king. Because how, you know, every time they would complain to God, then they would get into immediately big trouble. So they were hoping that they could be like other nations and complain and and protest the government and so forth. But the Lord had been there. And then as history went on, what happened to the pillar of fire? What happened to the cloud? It withdrew. In a sense, their king or their master had withdrawn and had given to them 10 talents and then said, I'm going to return. The Lord would return. Well, Jesus was for that generation, the returning king. In this understanding, Jesus is returning from a long journey. He is the second Moses who is now coming to see what Israel has done with the word God had invested Uh, them with. Now think about this. In this parable, Jesus says the servants of the king were given 10 minas. We'll talk about what that means in just a moment. 
But when God was their king, when, when the visible glory, the Shekinah of God was visible there, what 10 minas or talents had God given to the nation of Israel on Mount Sinai? What are they called? The 10 commandments. The Lord had given them his word. He had given to them his will. He had given to them 10 precious investments. And then he had now waited some 1,500 years. Now the king is returning to say, what did you do with my word? What have you done with my revealed will? Have you been faithful? Have you been responsible? Have you been obedient? Have you invested in following me and obeying me? and walking with me and bringing my glory among the nations as I have called you to do. And so as the king is now returning to Jerusalem, it is the Lord God in Messiah King who is coming for an accounting of the nation to the very capital of Israel, Jerusalem, and whether or not there will be rewards or whether there will be punishment. As we know, there was, for the most part, punishment. And in 70 AD, Uh, Israel lost its nation. Jerusalem as a city was destroyed and the temple itself was torn down. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. I thank God for Pastor Ray and his family and the ministry of Maranatha. A big thank you to the Bentley family for sharing Pastor Ray with us for these many years. Although we're sad that he's gone, we know we'll see him again. And we pray for the Bentley family that they would be comforted by the unfathomable peace that can come only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives through the years. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. For a moment, let's go back to where the Lord says now. I'm going to give, the master gives his servants 10 uh, talents or 10 minas. When we say a talent, we immediately think of, oh, a talent is an ability. uh, It's some natural faculty that I might have. But I want you to notice this. In the biblical Context, what a, a mina literally is, is a measure of weight. It is something that was physical and it was tangible. And it literally represented silver. And so what this means, in fact, in modern terms, these 10 minas of silver would have been worth about $10,000. So to one is given $10,000, to a second is given $10,000, to a third is given $10,000. Now they're to go out and to invest it on behalf of the master, and at a certain appointed time, he will come back and he will want an accounting. So in this parable, a parable is a story, it's an illustration that has a, uh, a deeper lesson for us to learn, a spiritual principle. And here's what I believe it means. Too often, you know, we've looked at this parable and said, okay, what are the gifts and talents that I have? And now, yes, I I need to use those for the Lord. What I want to encourage you to consider tonight is that I think in my studies 
that yes, it does include your gifts, your abilities, and your talents. Those have been given to you by God and, and you will be required to give an account for how you've used those talents, but it's much broader than that. And as I mentioned here, these 10 talents or 10 minas that are representative of literal silver coins by weight, therefore represent all the resources which God gives to a person. Everything you have, everything that you own, whether it is property, whether it's a car, whether it is your finances, whether it's your education, uh, whether it is whatever authority God has given to you, your job, your career, your position, your influence, as well as your personal abilities, everything we own comes from God. And everything then that we have really belongs to God. It's not mine. We are the stewards and everything that I have and everything that I own is really the Lord's. That's how we're to understand life. Even my body is not mine. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, your body belongs to God. And my mind belongs to God. And everything that I have, everything that I own is His. So the real point of this parable that Jesus is telling is asking us this, what will you do with the resources God has entrusted to you? Or bringing it more to the point, what have you done with all of the resources that God has given to you? Are you using everything that you have and dedicating it to him for his purpose, for his glory, for his kingdom? That's where real joy comes from. There's a little bit of a misunderstanding in our culture and maybe it comes from a little skewed teaching that says God gives us all of these things and then we give him a portion of that. But really it, it means that 100% of everything that I have is God's. What do you have that you did not receive from the Lord? It's all the Lord's. Yes, we honor him as it were with the first fruits, but everything belongs to the Lord. So imagine $10,000 is given to these three. Again, as I mentioned, at Mount Sinai, Israel was given 10 commandments. How many would agree the 10 commandments are worth more than $10,000? How invaluable must they be? The very finger of God wrote into the tablets of stone on the top of Mount Sinai, the 10 commandments, the will of God, the word of God, the heart of God was being revealed. How much more exciting is it in the new covenant where God says, I will now write my will, my mind, my heart inside the fleshly tablets of your heart by my Holy Spirit. You remember in the parable when Jesus, they, they brought a woman, dragged a woman out, Caught in the very act of adultery, Jesus, they're saying, what should we do? Should we follow the law? You say that you follow the law of Moses. She should be stoned. Or are you going to be, as we know you are, so kind-hearted and so forgiving and let this woman off, who's obviously violated one of the laws? And we read that Jesus just said nothing, and he was writing with his finger into the dust of the earth. And those who were standing there with stones in hand, waiting for the answer, Finally, Jesus looked up and he says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. What was Jesus writing? And many have suggested, and I think it's probably likely true that he would just look up to the first one who would be the eldest with a stone ready to throw it and he would write one of the 10 commandments 
and then looked to that man knowing that this man was guilty of it. And the guy just dropped his stone, turned around, went to the back. And finally, one by one, Jesus just picks out whatever commandment they violated and there's nobody there that is without sin. Finally, this poor little guy that's holding a smaller stone says, don't even write anything, drops his stone and runs off, you know, he's done. And then Jesus says, woman, where are thine accusers? I have none, Lord. Now, ironically, the only one who had the right to pick up a stone, literally to fulfill the law of Moses, was the Messiah, Jesus himself. Where are thine accusers? I have none, Lord. Therefore, go and sin no more. And Jesus fulfilled the law, number one, because he gave forgiveness, but in righteousness, he said, go and sin no more. That woman's life. How many would agree that woman never violated that commandment again for the rest of her life? Having come face to face with the Messiah, receiving the grace and the forgiveness of God through his son, Jesus Christ. So God had made this tremendous investment into the nation of Israel and giving to them the Ten Commandments. And they're literally 17 miles uh, from Jericho to Jerusalem from that day of accountability where the Lord will say, what have you done? Now look with me in verses 16 through 20. As the parable goes on, we are going to see the heart of what Jesus will find in Jerusalem. It says in verse 15, and so it was that when he returned, So now the king has finally come back and he has returned. Having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned 10 minas. So this guy had multiplied 10 times what had been given to him. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful and very little, have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. And likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. Then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. Now, let's stop there for just a moment. One servant's investment returned tenfold, another fivefold. The last had no investment at all. And I want to just bring out three very quick things that we can learn about uh, the Lord's investing in us. Everything that he's given to us, everything that he's given to you and to me. Number one, this speaks of of God's trust. The Lord's trust, the King's trust. Whatever you have has come from the Lord, and to whatever degree that God has blessed you, whatever he has given to you, he trusts you. God, who is glorious and holy and perfect, says, I know your failings, I know your flaws, I know your weakness, I know your anxieties, and yet look, I trust you with this. Every relationship you have is a trust from God. I trust you with this relationship. Every child that God has given is a trust from the Lord. Every friend that you know is a trust from God. Every gift, every talent, every material possession, every resource, God is trusting us. And what's interesting is he gave them the money and then he let them use it as they could and as they thought best. The master leaves. He gives them absolute freedom to do with 
that which he had entrusted them with. They are free to do as they wished. And may I say, this is the way that God trusts us. It's very open, it's very free, it's very giving. He trusts us, or should I put it this way? He entrusts us. We have to, you know, it depends on how we will uh, deal with it, but that gets into number two. The second thing that we learn about the Lord's investment in us, the king's trust is also a test. It is always true that a trust is also a test. If he trusts you with something, he then steps back, waits, and watches, even though he's from a distance, the king knows everything that is going on with every single talent that is his and every resource that he has given away. Though he is distant, knows all and is watching to see if you will be faithful and if you will be reliable with that which he has entrusted you with, even in the little things. And so we find that the king does give to us a trust, but that trust is a test. And the third thing that we learn, number three, is the beautiful king's reward. And the rewards that are given are not something that they could just you know, sit down, enjoy by sitting down and folding their hands and doing nothing. In fact, as he begins to reward them, and here's what we see as he gives them you know, 10 cities, five cities and so forth, the reward for work well done is more work to do for the king. Isn't that interesting? Okay, if you've been faithful and you, you did good and you did well with your work, now you get more work. How many think that's exciting? <laughs> but actually, this is one of the greatest compliments. To reward a faithful, diligent man or woman with even greater tasks and even harder responsibilities. And what that ultimately means is more friends, more relationships. I want you to know this. The reward of going from small uh, to greater, from the lesser to the greater, is all about the multitude of relationships you have along the way. It's not just being in charge or being in great responsibility. It's the friendships and the relationships that God multiplies in your life as you are faithful with a few. God's reward, his great reward to the man or woman who passes the test, if I may put it this way, is more trust. If you are faithful with the little bit of trust he places in you, he will trust you with more. And ultimately, the little trust that he has is the few people that he surrounds your life with and he watches. Will you be faithful? Because really, the Ten Commandments are ten principles of relationship. The first four dealing with our relationship with God and the final six dealing with our relationships with one another. And if you are faithful with the ten to a dozen people that are around your life and give attention to that detail to love God and love them, God will multiply the number of men, women, brothers, and sisters that he will give you the privilege of working with, getting to meet, and getting to know along the way. Pastor Ray Bentley with good insight on the spiritual stewardship God expects of us. And Pastor Ray will have more from this message here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled Faithful in the Little Things. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. 
When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we are approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.